What's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Peter Bolden. And I'm Dr. Craig Spodek, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Simply the best podcast in dentistry designed to help you maximize your practice and your life through four pillars of success. Leadership, team culture, marketing, and financial freedom, and everything in between. Now, let's get to it. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Peter Bolden, and our esteemed guest, Dr. Steve guest. Baird. You love to say esteemed, by the way. It's because we get esteemed people we on. Do get, if we had we like do. some joker on, it wouldn't be saying esteemed. Hey, that sounds great, man. I'm so excited to be back on. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal to have you, man. You've, you've been a tremendous... Uh, um, educator in dentistry, you've done, you've walked the talk, you've practiced for God, how many years, 30, 40 years, 40 years. Yeah. It's incredible. And now I understand that you are, are you officially not practicing right now? Or are you kind of popping in and out? I, I popping in, I'm working next Tuesday. I'm, I'm doing maybe a half a day a month. You so know, for, for those of you who don't know, a half a day a month for Dr. Bruce Baird is about a million and a half dollars of production a year, right? Is that, <laughs> is that correct, Bruce? You only want to do the small cases, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. So it's so cumulative of six full days, which right. adds up to about so, 1.5 a year. Yeah, so Bruce is now working a half a day a month. So it's like two and a half million of production. So that's pretty good. Yeah, it's, uh, you, you know, you wish. But, you know, I just got to the point where I had, you know, I've had some close buddies when you start to get to be a little older, you start having buddies that, uh, you know, aren't with you anymore. And all of a sudden I start going, okay. And it was mainly for travel that I, I really have kind of stepped away from the chair. I'm still mm-hmm. obviously working with uh, Productive Dentist Academy and with Compassionate Finance and with Abella and with all the different things that I have going on the outside. But, and uh, I'm actually over at headquarters today, uh, Comprehensive Finance Headquarters, and we're just doing some uh, year planning and you know some new things. So uh, I'm still working. I'm keeping interested. Uh, you know, I, what's fun is I get the chance to talk to guys like you or, you know, just talking to different people and then new ideas come up. And I have to tell you, I, I was in Australia. We were doing a seminar three weeks ago in, in Melbourne and I came home and I'm having trouble sleeping at night. And in the daytime about now I get sleepy. So if you, you know, so the, the other night I'm talking to somebody, I can't remember. I was talking to somebody on the phone, and, but it got my wheels turning. And I literally stayed up all night long, not last night, but night before working on a brand new Excel business spreadsheet for uh, something called same day smiles, which you guys will hear about in the future. But uh, I may talk about it a little bit at the, at the summit. But, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I'm hoping to get to one point where I don't wake up in the middle of the night, but my so Bruce, that's so what I call active. like the blessing and the curse, right? You're a perpetual entrepreneur and it served you really well, yeah. but the bad news is you can't turn it off. And just when you've reached the, like, I'm going to travel, I'm going to do some cool shit with like, you're like, Oh, but wait, what about this business? That's right. That's <laughs> right. I did the entire business pr- proposal, got the guys who were going in and, and uh, you know, thank goodness for Halcyon. I mean, good grief. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, last night, I nine o'clock, I was like, I told my wife, I go, I'm so tired. I could, I hadn't slept 24 hours. I was like, I'm going to take a house. Yeah. Good night. She was like, good night. Yeah. I, I find the same thing. I mean, um, you know, house and stuff like that doesn't really work for me. I've, I've taken it before, like on transatlantic flights and I wind up just kind of being stoned and awake, like <laughs> looking around the plane. But, uh, you know, the big, th- the big curse for me is, um, I, I have a natural circadian rhythm that slows me down in the evenings, probably like seven, eight o'clock and I power through it. 
and I want to like go on my computer or go on the phone and I get, I power through that natural kind of Christian, uh, how you're kind of fading for the day. Then they get my second win and I'm like, off all fucking night, like doing stupid shit. Yeah, now you're hosed. Now you're hosed. Totally hosed. Yeah. yeah. That was me the other night. It was like four in the morning and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm up. You know, I just went and got my computer out and started with ideas. So, you know, it's, it, again, it, it's a blessing and a curse, but you know, if you, if you find, find ways and things that make you interested and keep your mind sharp and, you know, I'm, I'm doing calculations in my head. So I guess I don't do crossword puzzles, but I do that. So it, uh, it helps. Yeah. I think it's also, um, you know, it's sleep and productivity goes in, in waves. I think we're not machines. We don't put in like eight hours of work and then eight hours of rest. There's bursts of massive creativity and, and massive rest. Um, you have to unplug you might unplug for a day or two or sleep really late one day and then not sleep for two or three days. I feel good about it. In the end, it all kind of equals out, but I have, I have that curse too. I'm working on something really neat as well. I just, um, I'm going to be, uh, pro- uh, produce, uh, pardon me, not producing, but I'm, I'm pioneering a device. Oh, cool. You can't talk about it right now because it's all hush hush. So Pete don't out me. Um, but, uh, I got some really cool business partners, some iconic people, and I'm really fired up about it. So, um, I got my creative juices flowing, which is good, nice. Good. Yeah. It's fun. That's it's- the epitome of like a humble brag. I got this really cool thing, but I can't tell you. Yeah. It was a humble brag. That's what, that's how I roll. <clears throat> anyway, hold on guys. I got to take this real quick call. This is Oprah Winfrey real quick. Okay. <laughs> hey, hold on. Oprah. Hey, hey, Oprah. Yeah. I'm on with Pete and Bruce Baird. Yeah. The dentist. Yeah. I, I, okay. I'll call you back. Okay. No, no. I'll call you. Don't call me. Okay, cool. Sorry. That was my humble brag for the day. Bruce, let me ask you something. Um, Cause Craig will keep us in a, in a slap show comedy the, the entire, uh, the entire time. If I don't, if I don't, if I don't pivot back to value and uh, get, this is get valuable, bro. This is what? valuable. No, it's not. We're just entertaining. Okay. So we won't air this. This is just for us. Then. No, this is not we're be airing it. Remember, remember we're a podcast of no edits. Really? We always uh, go live. Mm, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. I like it. I so, Bruce, I was sitting there thinking as Craig was asking you, for, Dennis, for forty years, but now you pulled back because you wanted to travel. Do you, in hindsight, if you had to kind of replicate with all the wisdom you have now, would you have architect your life any different from a clinical standpoint? Meaning, you would have said, "All right, you know what? Great I'm going to have a little more bandwidth for X, Y, and Z." And you know, that's a great question. I mean, it is I, such a good question. I'm surprised he said it. And, and my, Settle down, Craig. My deal is, I, you know, I'm, I've always been curious about dentistry. I wanted to be a dentist since I was young, and my grandfather was a dentist. So I just, um, I just wanted to, to, to be the best I could be, and, and I was always interested in education. I went in the service, so for four years I was with, uh, in the Army. Uh, I worked around a lot of good specialists that were very open, and I, I, w- I just wanted to learn everything I could learn. Even, even in dental school, got out, went through, you know, went to Dawson, went to Mish, did, did as many courses, spent a fortune, got my education early when I was still, you know, had all that, all that energy. And then at 49, I started working two days a week. I did that for 16 years, 17 years. And, and I, I don't think I'd change anything because I was able to enjoy a lot of things. I, I, I probably would maybe have backed off a little bit earlier in my career, maybe at, uh, if I, if I knew to, if I knew then what I know today about being productive, mm-hmm. I think I would have been able to ramp my productivity up and take more time off, which probably would have been a good idea. Can you give on. an example, like just yeah. like a real specific of that? Yeah. You know, you, you're a young guy, 20, 34 years old and okay. you got 
three kids, uh, four kids, you're spending all your time at the office, you're working 24 seven, uh, you're neglecting a lot of things. I mean, I coach my girls basketball. I, co you know, I did that, but I just wasn't there. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it cost me my marriage, you know, early on in my career. So I, I think I would love to. Oh, Bruce, you got divorced. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got divorced uh, a couple of times, uh, you know, and once when I was gosh, 30, uh, like 40 and once when I was 50. And so now I'm 65 married to love of my life. And, but, but I, I made some significant time decisions that I might've changed. I might've, might've changed those decisions. Not that I'm not tickled to death now, but it's just, I think it would have maybe made things a little easier, but. Yeah, we don't really know that though. I think it's an, I mean, I appreciate this perspective. It's a great question, Peter. I'm glad you asked it. Well, but someone's got to carry the podcast, buddy. Someone's got to do that. But Bruce, it's, it's also such that, you know, like look at what all the different things you've created. And part of that is born. I, I think you, you want something done. You ask the busiest people to do it. And you were working those two days a week, full throttle. It, it narrowed your bandwidth down and it probably made you come up with the ideas for PDA and compassionate finance and stuff like that. Like I look at it, like would I have done my office different? Cause Pete and I are putting, pulling together some of the content still for the, for the presentation. We're talking about the challenges between large offices like mine and small, several smaller offices, there's pros and cons, of course. Sure. And, uh, you know, there's also like my names on the door as well. And it's always, you know, a lot of dentists will say, should I name it with my name on the door? Because now if anything ever goes wrong, including the smallest little billing item, they want to speak to Spodak. They want to speak to the guy that's in charge. No um, mm -hmm. And uh, so that there's obviously a detriment to that, but it also provided me with such amazing opportunities as well. So it, life, li life does not transact in direct form. It, it, you know, you do something and you don't understand the benefits or the detriment of it for many, many years down the road. No so doubt. I think it's a cool philosophical question to ask, but for those of you who are in a position where you're like, why did I do this? There's goodness coming for you. Something's coming for you because of that. I agree. Yeah. You know, uh, we learn, you know, it, it, I feel so sad for those who don't learn from mistakes. You know, when you see those people who are, have been a dentist for 30 years, they keep banging their head against the wall. They've been, they were unhappy when I knew them 10, 20 years ago. They're unhappy now. They're still unhappy. I mean, you know, what I tell, what I tell people at Productive Dentist, I just say, man, you, you got to find your happy place. If it's not here, go find it because you're only on the planet for a short period of time and you need to find it. I, I did find happiness in in dentistry and and i love my patients that's the thing i really miss more than anything i love doing the work but i love the people more than i love just you know doing an all on six or a, doing a new smile i do love doing those but it's just the people and and I, I walk in the office you know now and i go up there just to say hey or to visit and and i see patients that were my patient for 25 or 30 years and i get to hug them and get you know, so that's what I miss. And, uh, you know, but I just feel so sorry for guys who make mistakes, but never change. And I, I, and I honestly believe, you know, I, I'm, I'm a work in progress. Uh, I'm still changing 64 years old. I'll be 65 this year. Uh, I'm, I hope I'm better at 70 than I am at 65. I'm just committed to. But I, I feel like the reason you're, you've have accomplished so much in your life, because you've probably never been afraid to make mistakes. You've actually almost probably welcomed them because it's just accelerated learning. And if you take the, like you're saying, if you take the lesson and you say, hmm, what went right and what went wrong? And let's not do that again, because pain is a, is a, is a good motivator, right? The pain of a failure and losing something from it, probably money or time or whatever, is a great educator. Yeah, more, more, more debt, uh, pain and debt 
you know, uh, right. really good motivators. Yeah. Time, you don't realize you don't have it until you don't have it. And so you kind of like all of a sudden you're going like, crap, you know, have two buddies pass away. And now I'm sitting here. What am I going to do? Okay. I better, I better figure this out. But I, I, I really do believe, I, you know, certainly not afraid to fail. I've had uh, business deals that I've done that didn't work out, but, but I learned an awful lot from it. Uh, I yeah. was, you guys would have been a fly on the wall here about two hours ago because I was having a, what I call a passionate conversation with the team about, uh, you know, about how to learn from failure. And, uh, it, it's not something, it's not something that you should be afraid of. It's something you should embrace as long as you're willing to change. Finally, the Bulletproof Practice Book is out on Amazon. Craig and I have distilled down our experiences in dentistry over the past 20 years in our true-to-form, unfiltered fashion that y'all have come to expect from our podcast. We talk about our victories and our bruises, and it's 132 pages of vision, leadership, marketing, and even just life as a dentist, and it's meant to entertain you. So we hope you'll support us and grab a copy on Amazon today. Thanks, friends. I see more people these days, and I don't know if it's just me, my, my confirmational bias, but I see more people uh, um, not as willing to take risks, especially in our, in our industry. Um, I don't know why. Maybe, that, maybe, like I said, I don't have any data or anything to back this up. I'm just kind of saying anecdotally, I see there being more safe, yeah. safeness. Do you, do, would you agree with that, Craig, or not? Do you well, see yeah, that? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's just, this is a gross uh, generalization. Right. I, I, but, again, I but, have no data. But, but I do see... Um, well, I see the landscaping different in dentistry too. You know, we didn't really have viable options for employment when we came out. It was like either work in a hellhole or start your own thing or work with somebody. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. you got some pretty decent DSO True. options. So it's not so binary leaving school. We can actually have, there's a myriad of choices and you can actually have a really good job at a corporate office and treat your patients pretty nice. And then, you know, live a little bit, have a higher quality of life. Craig, before you got on, uh, Bruce and I were catching up a little bit and we were talking about uh, millennials came in and I said how you got scolded by. Oh, I got my ass kicked by Mark Cooper. Um, You know who Mark Cooper is, Bruce? I know Mark real well. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mark, you got it, Mark, Bruce. You got to go back and listen to this podcast. He's so I'm just like, I just had a comment like that. Craig. Yeah. So I just said, you know, some millennials are blah 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 and he stuff. He's like, hey, 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 can I give you some unsolicited coaching? I'm like, sure. He's like, you are a fan. I, I don't remember, but he just ripped me apart. He's like, you know, the way you talk is alienating people, and if you want to actually make a difference in the podcast and make a difference for people you will not use that language. And like, he just went off and I'm like, he's like, I'm, I'm let me seven. tell you, I, I tell you a good story. You know, we had a lot of the, our PDA docs who would, you know, we start out there at 700,000, maybe 800, maybe even a million dollar practice. And within three or four years, we've been working with them. Now they're a three and a half million dollar practice with two associates and they want to expand their business and they want to get into, or they have corporate knocking on their door, wanting to buy them. And I didn't know what that environment was like. So I looked at who I thought was the best there was. And the clear blue, I just cold called Mark and flew to Portland, spent uh, two days with him. He was gracious. Then I went up there a bunch of times. We became buddies. And the guy, you know, he's like a, he's like a, I don't know, you know, like he's oracle. very cerebral, you know. Like an oracle, like, a, like yeah. very futuristic. He, like, is. he is. And so I love. I love him. that guy. I and love I him. Love getting to know him, but he's right. And what, you know, what Pete and I were talking about before was, you know, the millennials now that, you know, we see a lot of millennial dentists that are coming through PDA 
And the cool thing is they're, they kind of get it, you know. I, well, tell I'm, that example that before we record, you were saying how like, like they're like, yeah, you know, they're, so it's a dentist, Craig. I'll give a little context, like 28 years old. And go ahead, Bruce, and kind of talk yeah, about that. I mean, you know, they come in and they go, well, you know, and, and they go through PDA. And in the past, Dennis would go, okay, man, I'm going to ramp up to four and a half days a week. I'm going to kill I'm gonna it. outwork anybody. I'm going to outwork them. And, and these guys are going, you know what I'd like to do is I'd like to increase my production by 40% and take a day off. And I was like, an extra day a week off. And I'm like, perfect. That's what I ended up doing. But I waited until I was, you know, 46 or 47 before I started thinking that way. They already think that way. And there's nothing wrong with it. I think, I think most dentists, I mean, and I'm going to generalize something. Most dentists are just wasting their freaking time in the office. They uh -huh. Their production is so piss poor. They're doing such little amount of dentistry. The rest of the time, well, I hate to say, but they're listening to our podcasts or they're, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they should be, go, go sailing, go do something. But when you're in the office, be freaking productive. Yeah. And when you're not in the office, go out and have fun with your family and do that stuff. But a lot of dentists feel like they're tied into a four and a half, five day week. And truthfully, they could do everything they're doing in four and a half days in two and a half. That's wild. That's wow. so true. So I, I, I'm just listening to this and one of my buddies just posted on Instagram the other day. Um, Wait, this you're is listening to this and you're perusing Instagram? No, 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 no. I, I wanted to get the data. It's, it's wild to me because I know um, we're talking in very broad generalizations and every generation has their, their aberrations to it all. But um, there was a poll and the poll said that more than a third of millennials polled approve of communism in the United States. It's an actual study released I feel like by that's the, fake news. No, I don't think it's fake news. Yeah. A new survey released by Washington, D.C. nonprofit victims of communism Memorial Foundation. The younger generation vote is more communism. And it go, kind of goes in with what we're saying. So, well, I mean, know, I'm you sorry. Know you know why? Because the parents have given them everything they wanted their whole mm -hmm. life. Now they got to go get a freaking job. And now they want somebody else to give it to them for the rest of their life. I'm going to cut what you just said as a clip and send it to Mark Cooper. He's going to kick your ass for saying that. <laughs> but I, but Mark will you, call you and scold yeah. you. I, I but I, I'm not trying to start a war here, but I, I'm going to put my money on my man Bruce over Mark. I'm not, <laughs> I, I, love, I love Mark Cooper. He's a great guy. But somehow I just feel like the Bruce Texan, I got my money on him. Military, four years in the military. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. But, you know, that, it really is interesting because the dentist today – uh, I have a, I actually have a nephew. Uh, my brother's a dentist and his son is now in dental school out of the clear blue. And this is kind of cool. He calls me and, you know, we don't talk. I talk two or three times a year to the kid, but he calls and he says, you know, I've got a whole group of guys together and we would love for you to, and I just got a text from him earlier, but uh, we would love for you to come down and maybe do an evening. Maybe if you could do it, you know, we'll, we'll pull together our money and get a deal. I said, look guys, I'll come, I'll get the place, we'll serve drinks, it'll be fun. And they just want to know about dentistry. They want to know yeah. about being outside of dental school. And I'm like, golly, I wasn't thinking about that when I, I just wanted to get the heck out. And these guys are, you know, so every every generation has- Well, their, Bruce, wasn't a company asking, didn't you say before we, before Craig got on, we hit record that like a company was, was I don't know, using you as an advisor for kind of millennial generation dentist. And I was telling him, I was telling Craig, I was telling Bruce that- that ironically, I was like, do you know that Chris Tuff is going to be at the conference speaking and he has a book, you know, national bestseller called the millennial whisper. And he's going to really give amazing insight as to 
the generation and how to align everybody and optimize our work environment in dentistry, which is highly composed of millennials now. Yeah, it is. Right. It so is. I need to, you need to make, I need to make sure to remember to connect you guys. So you guys well, can get some. That's the thing that, that I've been able to kind of break through in the dental field, working with so many practices and working with so many, I'll call it millennial dentists and what, what motivates them, what gets them to want to, to do certain things is different than what it was for you or different for, for the baby boomer, you know, group. And so, and once you address those issues with them, they actually are amazing producers. They're actually yep. very good workers, but they also need things a little differently than we do. So I'm working with quite a few different groups that, you know, because this is the problem. Everything's expanding. Guys are building, you know, putting in their seventh practice, eighth practice, 10th practice, and they're going, how do I get these guys to produce? And so I kind of come into a program for them and say, okay, guys, let's, let's look at it differently. And let's figure out a different way of stimulating that. But the love language, like you said, Bruce, might be, whoops, sorry, guys. The love, the love language, like you said, might not be like, don't talk about money so much. Yeah, for sure. It's talk meaning about, over money. Hey, talk about this time that I'm going to get you so you can go do other stuff like backpack and whatever and hike. Well, also, and you know, as a dinner the, and whatever. Yeah, I was at the Invisalign uh, um uh, they just made me in uh, faculty for Invisalign and one of the, like in the inner group, they were saying like, how do we get hygienists to scan more? And there were hygienists in the group as well. And the hygienists all made this like motion to their head when they were talking about hygiene, like, Oh, you know, hygienists are like, Oh yeah, let me straighten my, and like, what are you guys doing? Like the tiara for the hygienist. And this was even from hygienists. I'm like, yeah, you know, they were worried. They don't have enough time. And I just said something. It's like people have to have energy and the energy is created over your mission, not your position. So we're going to talk about this during the summit, but when you have a mission, when your mission is to help people, it is a lot more compelling than when your mission, your position is to make money or clean teeth. So our hygienist, Peter and I have the Bulletproof Dental Hygiene stuff going on now. So we're training we, the hygienist. Well, maybe didn't even tell Bruce about that. Oh, no. So, oh, Bruce, I'm sorry. Let me, uh, let me digress just for one second. So Peter and I have these rock star hygiene departments and um, we're really excited. We think that the, the MVP of the entire dental practice is your hygiene team. And when they're turned on and they're aligned with what they do and they have meaning over money and they have a good mission, they can really light things up. And Pete, coincidentally, Pete and I have been working on this concept for a little over a year. And coincidentally, Pete's hygiene department and my hygiene department both grew in 2019, 23% on the yeah. dot. Yep. So it's just, it's so funny that this. Oh, something and it grows, you know, it's, it's, yeah. uh, there's, there's no question. I mean, a lot of it comes from, you know, everybody thinks with productive dentists that it's about money and it's actually as far away from that. It's really about relationships and it's about doing the right thing for patients and doing what you would do in your own mouth. And then guess what? Productivity takes care of itself. So I, what we teach is yes, I want you to be at least be able to freaking measure what you're doing. I want mm -hmm. you to at least know where you are on the planet when it comes to your business. I want, because your team, you're responsible to your team and their families to run a successful business. Amen. You know? Say so that it, again. I, you know what? I say that all the time when I'm talking to people because like, Pete, you said that to me. Take, I do. Cause it's, it, your response there, there are, you know, however big your team is multiply oh. that times three or four, because that's how many people are depending upon them. Right. So if you have a team of 50, there's 250 people. So the decisions that you make yep. impact lots of people. So, yeah. so educate, still you know. be a good businessman. You can still right. be a great businessman 
and really only care about the relationships and the type of dentistry you do. You can be a great businessman. It doesn't take that much. Out of 16, over 1,600 offices that have gone through productive dentists over the years, only six, six had a budget. What? A budget, meaning... Wait, you know, wait, 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 wait. So yeah, like, people, like who matric- the people who have matriculated into your course, yep. right? Only six that start of 1,500 that have started with you, only six came in with a budget, actually knew their numbers? That knew their numbers. So when you say a budget, a meaning, came in, meaning came, came in day one and said, hey, Bruce, my salaries are 21.6%. My supplies are four. Are you saying that? Or for next year, we've like, they don't here's what I'm saying. Here's, here's how to run a business in my in my opinion, and we do this in every one of my companies, but it's basically, and, and I've got a good friend who's worth, uh, you know, in the B's, you know, and he says, I only worry about two things, you know, cash on hand, cash at the end of every month, and how much are sales. Now, I go a little deeper than that. I want to have a budget to actual, meaning I'm doing my own work, budget to actual. Most dentists, yes, they send their stuff to their accountant in February. They get something in the end of March that says, this is what your P&L is. I, and they're all lag indicators, which the data means effing nothing. And, and of course, uh, Dental Intel says, oh, yeah, but we're going to give you all this data to start with. No, I don't want that shit either. Here's what yes. I want. Here's what I want. I, I, want I, love you. I want budget to actual. I want every single item in my business budgeted. And then I want to know what my actual expenditures were. I'm only going to pay what I have budgeted. Meaning if my lab bill was 8,000 and I only budgeted for five, sorry, I'm calling my lab guy saying, guys, on, on the next month, on the second of the month, I'm going to send you the rest of this bill. Then the next month I add 3,000 to my budget and now I know what do I have to produce. So, mm-hmm. and, and that's why in our practices that we work with and in my practice, there's never the highs and lows. It's always growing at a, you know, three to 5% every year, but we know exactly before the month starts, I could tell you guys when I was busy doing it, I, I could tell you how much money I was going to make at the end of the month, period. And I, and I could tell you what our expenditures were going to be because we weren't, but if I spent more then the next month, my budget was adjusted and my actual would be whatever it was. So, Bruce, I so how do you for- budget? How do you budget then for staff salaries? So example, your, your staff is getting up to 25 and 28%. What would you do then? You'd lay someone off? Nope. That's a great question, though. I get that question. I can't tell you how often I get that question. Uh, I would produce more. I you call increase it net, your top line revenue, correct? I call it, yep. I call it, I call it net zero marketing. And mm-hmm. most tenants that come through PDA, they spend 1%, 1.5% of their budget on marketing. And their overhead, we have an average now of around 28% team overhead that's coming through the program. So if you combine one and a half plus 28, you're now at a combined overhead of those two items of 29 and a half percent. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Now in my practice, I'm marketing at 8%. Guess what my team overhead is? 17 and a half. Why? Because I produce. I mean, I'm marketing to people. I'm not, I don't, I don't want new patients. I want new patients who need money. I mean, mm-hmm. who need dentistry. I want patients who are train wrecks. I, you know, because why? Because I treat train wrecks. Right. So my, if you combine that overhead, 17 and a half plus eight, I'm at 25 and a half percent overhead. Whereas the guys going through PDA at one and a half percent, this is when they first start. They're at 29 and a half. I will crush anybody. I mean, if I came into your town, I've got 8% marketing. Everyone will know about me. Right. They don't know about you. I mean, and, and oh, they say, well, I just, I just don't like marketing. I just like taking care of people. 
I would, I would punch you in the nose. If you had a piece of technology that was like a laser that treated gum disease and you weren't out there marketing that educationally marketing it saying, Hey, we can, you don't have to go through heaven, you know, your gums flat back and packed. You don't have to do that anymore. And I met you at a, and you weren't marketing and I met you at a cocktail reception and I had just had my, my full mouth scraped yeah, I'd be pissed. Really pissed. I'd beat the crap out of you. You are going to love this stuff. So Craig and I have are diving deep into this. Just what you said at the summit. Cause it's, are it's you going to be at the summit uh, for all the days or just one of the days? I'm there the whole time. I'm oh, that's freaking awesome, man. But it's I'm going to have you up on stage with us. Just, just like I, what you were saying, Bruce, if you have X, like the, the, the thing that's going to move the needle is creating awareness for what you do, right? Right. And we're going to be teaching tactics and strategies to Perfect. get eyeballs on you and your, and your practice for what you do at a very cheap cost. Yep. Or, or maybe no cost, whatever it may be. I'm just saying at well, there's scale. Two, there's two ways to do it. You, you, you know, everybody, advertising is kind of broken. So historic advertising is like make a generic message and spend a shit ton of money putting that message out, like adding boosters to your rocket. Yeah. Or you could actually build a rocket because it's yeah. a compelling message. That Because nowadays we have with social media, if it's a compelling message, if it's a really well done message, you don't need to pay a damn dollar, a dime, a dime to, damn to push right it out. So, you know, I mean, like Kim Kardashian didn't have to pay for her fame. She just made a sex tape. Yep. That, that shit spread on the world in the day. Yeah. You know, I mean. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, I don't think that's going to work for me personally, but I'm going to. Well, I'm not suggesting that, but I'm <laughs> saying that, you know. <laughs> yeah, no you know. My, my, my point about marketing and net zero marketing, you can spend money on marketing if you're doing the right kind of marketing. We have 40, 40 employees in our marketing company that, I mean, they do things a little different, you know, scripting for radio, just as social media, blog posts, you know, all of this stuff that has changed. Obviously, uh, I don't spend anything on uh, Yellow Pages anymore or any of, the, any of those things. But, but the truth is, you can spend 8% and guess what? It's going to drive your overhead down. You're not really spending 8%, you're spending zero. Uh, even it's though- done the right way. I know a lot of people who have excessive marketing budgets and they're, and they're literally wasting, you know, we talked oh. about this, Bruce, about yeah. how if you, let's just say you hit the easy button, you're like, I'm going to start marketing and you bid and you can get up on Google AdWords in like 30 minutes, right? You can make, and you don't quantify how you're wanting your clicks to be paid. You're like, I'm going to, I'm going to put a thousand dollar budget in there. And you're like, I want Invisalign or I want veneers. You will pay $13 for those quick and quickly your budget will be Gone. evaporated oh, yeah. and you will have zero conversions because people are like, well, what was that? So I'm sure. sorry to get real like uh, down in the, you know, very, uh, what am I trying to granular. say? Granular. You want to say it, Pete? You want to say granular? I did. I did, but I didn't, I didn't want you to make fun of me. Bruce, yeah, there's like five words he tries to say every time, every podcast, binary, granular, macro. There's a couple smart. others. I just have to, I try to keep up with my, uh, my esteemed co-host. That's right. That's right. So, I'm, I'm 100%. I'm a hundred percent, you know, when you have people coming through that don't even have a budget and they're unhappy with dentistry, they're unhappy with where, where they're at or what they're doing. I'm going like, okay, dude, first of all, let's just get you running a good business. And yeah, then you're running then a business you right? you know, <laughs> care of people. And then guess what? The, the numbers always take care of themselves. It's so funny how people make it about themselves when it's really not, I mean, tell broadcasting to the world, what technology you have is really not about you. It's about serving more people to your point. 
And then negotiating with a new hire or like looking at supply costs is not really about you and your profit. You may say like, I've got everything I need. Your team needs raises. Your team wants to do better. Your team wants to acquire new skills. You know, so it's incumbent upon you as the business owner to look out, not just for yourself, but be broader focused to help more people. Tony always says my dirty word, you know, I'm going to, you know, it's a business. So that's a dirty word. No, it's your business. If you had a furniture store, you'd be running it with a budget. You know, I mean, you're not going to just go out and buy 500 chairs. You're going to, I don't know why it's a dirty word. Cause it's like we said, there, there are people that are dependent upon that business to do well, that practice slash business. And it's a business in the day, like don't fool yourself. And so I don't know why we have these like taboo words in dentistry. Like you don't sell, educate, like, okay, but everything's selling. Yeah, everything. Well, that's educating too. I mean, like why, you know, I just think it's important that, um, that we get out of our own way with that stuff, number one, but, but even more so it's, uh, you know, we've got a noble profession. We get to help people. We get to, our, our profit is aligned with the long-term best interest of our customer, which yep. is a really cool thing. Most, there's a lot of businesses that kind of have to, someone has to win and someone has to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of shitty stockbrokers that the house is going to get paid, whether the market goes up or down and you're going to get your ass kicked. Yep. Everything we do is in service to the patient long-term. And the definition of love is looking after the long-term best interest of the person being loved. Same as dentistry. If you're doing it right, we get to win all the time and the patient gets to win too. Can I, can I give you guys an example of something that, that, that speaks to that? You know, we talk about compassionate finance and people think, well, you know, I don't want to take any risk. You know, why would I carry the paper myself? Why would I do it? And I'm like, okay, but, but let's, let's look at it. Everybody's fighting for the same 20% of patients out there. Those are the ones who could care credit could approve. Okay. That, or anybody else. Uh, any banking institution, anybody like that, third-party finance, those are the ones that would approve. But who's helping the 70%? What I'll tell you is this, our most successful docs, and and I'm kind of changing the way I even look at this nowadays. If a dentist was to, you know, first of all, 95 out of 100 crowns done today in the U.S. are done one at a time, one at a time. Wow. And in other words, you're not doing three crowns, you're not doing four. Why is that? Well, the reason is because you tell the patient, you need five crowns. And the patient says, oh, okay, well, how much my will insurance cover? $1,500 worth of insurance. How much my insurance cover? They go, well, it'll cover $1,500 and your portion is going to be $6,000. The next words out of the patient's mouth, and I know you guys have heard it a hundred times, well, well, can we just do one? Always. Which is worse. So after doing this for year in, year out, and we're trained to do that because uh, the third party financing has said, you don't want to be the bank. You do not want to do this. Let us do it when in fact they're only helping a certain number, instead of saying, you know, instead of saying, sure, we can just do one, which is done 95% of the time. Why don't we say this? Why don't we say, absolutely. Uh, we, why don't we do this? Why don't we just use your 1500 as a down payment and let's get some convenient monthly payments for the rest. Now, mm-hmm. having said that it's going to be financing 6,000 bucks at an average subprime. They're not the top people, but at, at $6,000. And it's at 15.9% interest, let's say, on average, uh, $140 a month for 60 months. But I'm going to give you a pill, and you'll be able to get all your work done at one time. Sitting here, I'm going to help you, and you're going to get all your work done. And I'm going to get, what am I going to get? I'm the dentist. I'm going to get $1,500 for $2, two, two hours worth of work. Now, as far as I know, that's $750 an hour cash coming from an insurance company that's going to pay. I'm not worried about what insurance covers. I know they need it. So I'm going to get 1500 from the insurance company. That's 750 cash. That happens to be $300 higher than the national average dentist in the country right now. 
So what else do you get? You also get $6,000 of high value short duration paper paying you over a period of time. If you did one case a week, one case a week, period, one case a week of $6,000 worth of financing, at the end of one year, you'd be having $5,200, $5,300 a month coming in. At the end of five years, you would have $26,000 a month coming in. You're helping one person a week for two hours that they were, by the way, they were going to leave anyway. They weren't going to have it done. They were going to have one done. Instead, right. you got $750 an hour cash, and now you've gone 60 months, and guess what you have? And this is after, this is after people are worried, what if they don't pay? This is after a 20% adjusted revenue based on defaults. One out of five defaults, plus the fees that CF charges, you would have one point, a little bit under $1.2 million in paper, which is an asset, not a debt. You would have $1.2 million. And I can tell you within the next five years, we have people that will come in at the worst discount possible. Let's just say they offered you a 35% discount. They'd buy that paper from you for three quarters of a million dollars, $775,000. And you could do that every five years for the rest of your life. 775,000 cash wow. by helping one person a week. Now let's flip that and say, you don't want to sell that paper. Let's just say you're going to take that 26,000 bucks at the end of five years, and you're going to invest that at 4%, a 4% return. And you're going to do that for 20 years. Do you know you're going to have $9.5 million in cash? That's crazy. You're helping one freaking person that needs it a week now if that but no you don't do that we got to use third-party financing because i can't if they don't pay me cash i'll show you how to pay off your student loan i'll show you how to yeah. take a vacation uh, take a vacation with your entire family to europe for two weeks i'll show you how to uh fund your retirement plan without affecting your income at all you know these are things we just got to think different we just got to think different sorry i get a little passionate no, I, I love tell. it. I love it. It's, it's been working well for, I, I started using compassionate finance a couple months ago and I'm loving it. I love the seamless process and the way the, the back end feels. It's super cool. It, it's amazing. But you're just, if you just help one patient a week, yeah. uh, you know, and, and help that, if you always looked at that one person who has insurance and instead they say, I want to do one crown, but really they need 7,500 worth of work. That's mm -hmm. their 20% down. Perfect. Take the $6,000 loan. What if one out of five doesn't pay you? You're still going to end up with, three quarters of a million dollars cash if you want to cash out every five years, or you're going to end up with nine or $10 million. And we don't have a 20% default rate. Our default rate's much less than that, but I'm using that as just worst case scenario. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. And, uh, and uh, we're also using a Bella by the way, too now. Oh. Loving that. Oh my God. That's working really well for us. Great. I want to hear more about it because, you know, for your story about it, because, you know, when we turn that on, it's an accounts receivable software and it, when we turn it on, the phone starts ringing. People start. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, we, we're taking out the the most common reason why busy professional people will not pay their bill. It's not because they don't have the money. It's just not convenient. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had my water bill turned off before. I've like gone default. I've like gone default on my literally my water. They turned my water bill off because my city at the time. This is going back like ten years ago. I had to bring a check down to the. I mean. If I if they accepted PayPal, I have no problem with it. I so need like, to buy you a key, a water key. You know, you can just go out to the street and turn it back on, right, bud? <laughs> um, oh, you know what? It wasn't my water; it was my gas. It was my natural gas. Now that you're, uh, yeah, I know it's that long, long thing. I know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. no, no, no. It was my natural gas, so I had no hot water. The baby Sage was like one year old. This is nine years ago, Not and like I couldn't figure out what was going on. My hot water was out. My wife screaming at me, and I'm like, oh. I owed like $300 or something like $200. But it's, it's, 
You get it on your phone. You say, yep, I want to pay it. Oh, I need to call the office. You can hit that button or you can just or say, here's a payment plan. I need yeah. some payments and zero interest because it's after the fact. I believe mm -hmm. in charging interest before the fact, but after the fact, you just want your money. Right. And we're, we're, you know, we're seeing 35, 40% increase in collections. That is awesome. It's just been, I don't know. And, and it's automated. The other thing I like about it and what I really wanted to develop with it is $2.99 a month. And, uh, you know, we don't take a piece of the action on everything that's collected. It's just $2.99 a month. Well, you're paying one of your teammates, you know, one of the, one of the teammates, they're working insurance and they're working accounts receivable. Here's what they do. They spend 83% of their time on hold with insurance companies and talking to insurance companies. They spend 17% of their time calling patients for money. They always pull the report and they start with the people who owe the most money and they work their way down because they can get the best bang for their telephone buck. Mm -hmm. the truth is people don't answer the phone when they see Granberry Dental Center call because they know they owe you money. But also many of them didn't know they owed you money. So now you get a text email, they look at it and they go, gosh, I didn't know that. I want to look at my invoice. Oh, okay. I'm going to make a phone call or yeah, I owe it. And they just push pay and it, it's paid. So it's, it's a very, and now you're not taking away that job from your team member, but who's collecting the $9, the $42, the $16, $84. Everybody says in your collections department, here's what they're saying, Pete. They're saying, you know what? Uh, we'll get it from them when they come in next time. Yep. Or it costs more to like stomp, stamp the envelope than... <laughs> Well, you know, talking millennials, they don't open those envelopes anymore. Those go right. file 13. Those go in the garbage. You're just, you're pissing money away. And so this, it, it, it's where they live. It's on their phone. It's automated. It's a no brainer in my opinion. Of course, you know, it's, it's one of my companies, but uh, bottom line, it is a no brainer. And, and that's the thing that's growing like crazy across the country. I hope, I hope to be like care credit and be in 85,000 offices helping because it's, it's what people want. And that, that, that really is the truth. What is that, Pete? It's, it's the, a ring doorbell chime that I can't oh, turn off for some reason. I thought reason. somebody was at my door. I was just looking at mine. Uh, uh, it, awesome. it, was a, it was a fairy that just entered my office, Craig. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I, thought, I thought that guy is you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So uh, let's go back to this for a second. So um, what's actually, in, in your opinion, can you do a Bella without doing Compassion Finance? Because I know I have them both. Can you do you can do one Absolutely. without the other. Absolutely, you can do a Bella. I mean, a Bella is just a no-brainer. I mean, a really, truthfully, a no-brainer. We have no, you know, our our ability to be able to have a team and a, a, a working, compassionate finance. Everybody's over there. You know, we're collecting the money. We're calling patients. We're calling doctors. We're doing that. A Bella, it's like, it's automated, and it's That's awesome. It's it's amazing, and it's uh, it's something that. You know, we're making some real inroads in the in the DSO market, working with those those guys. But I want every dentist to have that opportunity. And when we develop the software, why did we develop it? Well, I'm sitting here thinking, well, I have a girl that she's working all this time. She's not really working the AR. How could we do that where it's automated? We go into your software, we pull out the data, it goes bing, and it posts back. So, uh, you know, we had one person from 2015, it was 3,500 bucks. I never expected them to pay. And this is just last year. And they get on, they said, yes, I knew I owed you. Bang, they hit a button and they made $100 a month payments. So That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just automates it. And your team, does anybody truly, I, I think I may have said this at the last Bulletproof. I don't know if I did or somewhere, but, you know, we did a survey and the survey was you love to wake up in the morning and do collection calls. It's the one thing that you can't wait to do is to call <laughs> for money. Number two, you would rather eat Brussels sprouts five days a week, or you would rather 
uh, hike in the desert for five miles with no water. And you know, we had 8% of the people that said that they, would, they wanted to wake up and make collection calls. The other 91% would rather either eat Brussels sprouts or go to the desert. And so that's how much fun that is. Now there is that outlier who just loves to just freaking call people and say, give me my money. But I don't care who you're hiring. I don't care where you're at. Chances are your you're, you're account's receivable. Oh, oh, so now our solution is we only do cash up front. Okay, well, that's great. I'd rather have options and ability to pay because you're going to produce $100 a month and I'm going to produce $140 a month because I have convenient payments. We do not have a lack. We do not have in, in dentistry, we do not have an access to care problem. That is the biggest farce that has ever been propagated mm -hmm. by the ADA and by every local group. We need more dentists. We need more dental schools. We need all of this. We need more of them. That's total BS. We need better access to payment options because the only options that most of the listeners have, uh, it's been trained to your team and it's nothing against your credit or anybody else, but it's 12 months interest free. So the problem with that is it's 12 months interest free. The problem is the people who are approved, could write you a check for cash. Instead, you're going to take a 10% discount, which is a 35% discount in your in your in your profit, and you're going to do that because someone told you to do that. Mm -hmm. So you get you, you know you're on that tit, and you you're going to go back to that thing every day because it's the only one that's got. It took me a second to think if you actually okay. said that or not. I, I went into it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, you it's go to the, the same tit because the baby no bottle. Craig, the baby. Bottle. Oh, oh, teat, teat. I think you meant to say. No, well, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I know, I know. It's you get on the dole. I know, I know. So, so when I do it, but but bottom line is, we don't have, we do not have. A, a, we have plenty of dentists. Most most dentists, fifty percent of their schedule is open. Now they don't say that because they sit and fiddle fart around most of the day. Yeah. But if they were actually doing dentistry, they could find mm -hmm. time for a lot more dentistry. But the reason they don't get to do it is because they don't have any financial options that they can offer. So, yeah. yeah, and also we're really, as a professional, we're really ill-equipped to tell patients what they need, and there's so many other things. Do you offer just, do you offer just like different types of workshops at PDA where you have like case acceptance workshop, and do you have that type of thing, or is it just one? We do. I mean, it, it's basically our workshop, our, our two and a half day workshop, really is about case acceptance, uh, verbal skills, uh, a few things clinical, but very little. Uh, it's more about how do you talk to patients. How do you present to patients? How do we increase your hygiene growth? How do we, it's just all about communication. I mean, and is it is it equally suited for owner and associate doctors? It is. Matter of fact, we're setting. You know, what we've done the last two years is we've we've really kind of focused on the associates too. Good. You know, because it used to be doctors a doctor, but that's not true. You know, yeah. associates have, have different needs and different things going on. So we work with them in a different way. Uh, and we work with the, the, the owner docs in a different way. It could, because basically we've had to do that because as things have changed with productive dentists, as we've grown and as our practices have grown, now we have different problems, you know, different issues to talk about. And uh, those are all things that we, we focus on. Another one, we do a program that's a one day program specifically on your budget, <laughs> you know, hmm. building your budget. How do I get an account? I don't care about depreciation. I don't care about all those things that most dentists care about because they don't even know what it is. You know, when they go to their accountant once a year, the accountant says, you owe $4,200. They go, Oh man, I didn't know that. But they don't know how their business is doing because they're getting post, you know, a month and a half later. Right. What I want them to know is the beginning of this month, I want to know what you're going to do 
for that month. And how do you do that? You set goals. You set, you know, if you and I and Pete work together, we would all have a guarantee that we're going to give to the practice. You know, you're going to produce X amount and you're going to produce X amount and I'm going to produce. That's our commitment to the business. Uh, hygiene, we set goals. That's your commitment to the business. Now I know exactly what we're going to make. We're going to collect $523,000 this month if we all reach our goals. And then what do we do? We look at our goals on Monday. Then on Wednesday, we visit it. On Friday, we celebrate or we say, hmm, it's not the person, it's the system. What are you doing different than so-and-so? And how do we make this work in the big picture? That's how you grow a business. At least that's where. Yeah, and you know what's funny is, um, I, I know I, I, we could talk to you all day, Bruce. So I don't want to take too much of your time, but the one thing that I've just realized is there's certain people in this world, and I vibe really well with them, and Pete does as well. They're they're growth mindset people. Um, there's fixed and growth mindset. There's some people in this world that have to break through. They're always making excuses. Well, it's because I live in Canada, or it's because I'm in California, or it's because I'm here. And I get a lot of people, just, and I've had actually quite a few people just DM me and you know, message me on Instagram and stuff like that. I'm sure you know how it is in Canada. Canada, you can't get people to work for you. Or right. even in my own practice, I have doctors like, well, I'm on insurance, that, so my patients don't say yes. Why is this doctor getting 46% case acceptance or treatment acceptance, and you're getting 25%? Well, they have, different, they have a different patient base in that. In the same building. Same building. So so it's so wild that your fixed mindset is so entrenched in you that even in the same building, you could start making ex- except exceptions. Well, maybe my operatory is not the same size. Well, actually, they're all the same size. So the biggest challenge you can do is... I had to break through the Australia group because as well in Australia, we have this, this, yeah. this. You guys, it all comes down to this. And what was funny is I had one doctor was there, probably the most, no question, the most successful dentist in Australia. And he's got the same mindset that you have and I have and Pete has. I mean, it's, you know, and, and he's killing it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It's incredible. And, and, and it's funny cause there's one guy that I'm thinking of is a good buddy of mine. Um, fixed, fixed mindset, getting really heavy too. You know, he's getting really heavy. And I'm like, well, what's going on? Why are you getting so heavy? Why are you getting so much weight? Had a baby, you know, everybody knows that when you have a baby, you know, you get heavy. I'm like, well, could it be, are there people that have babies and are 10 times busier than you and I are combined and they're fitter than you and I are? It's just such an interesting thing in life. I think the, the one takeaway from this mindset between the three of us is whenever you're pointing a finger at something, there's three fingers pointing back at you. Take yeah. a look in the mirror. It'll feel better when you own your result and you own your, the responsibility. It actually is lighter. It feels better for you. I mean, you're, you're super humble, Bruce. You always come in and say how much you've got your ass kicked and how much money you've lost. And that's why you're, you're happy and fulfilled because you're, you're kind of just learning along the way, just like the rest of us. Yeah. Somebody, somebody told me a long time ago, and it's kind of what got me all involved in all, everything that I do, but it says, just do whatever you're going to do and be the best. My dad taught me, taught me that he was a Marine. And then somebody else told me, you know, be the best and then help other people be their best, you know, or, or, you know, find ways to help them be the best. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what's led to all my other businesses to try to help my, my, my funny thing about, you know, I take it real personal when people are doing compassionate finance. I take it real personal when they're doing development because I know they're collecting and I know that it's helping and I know they're, they're creating more wealth, but it's really has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with, with, with that. It has to do with their family and their kids yeah. and, and all the things that are behind the scenes there. I go to, I go to New York eight years ago and met with the bond traders at, uh, at Guggenheim. Because I know we've now done over 300 million in paper, and that's about to ramp to where we're doing 20 million to 30 million a month in paper. Wow. And now I go to those guys. We were doing 
25,000 a month in loans. But I go to meet the bond traders with a very, very well-known uh, guy that works with Dennis. And I'm sitting with these bond traders and I've got blue jeans on and a nice golf shirt and uh, my boots. <clears throat> and uh, these guys are in, they're all 29 to 30 and uh, they got their suits on with a tie. And they walk in, they go, man, this is an amazing concept. I love the concept. I really think this is amazing. First words out of their mouth after that was, how much do you think these dentists will take for their paper? That's what the bond traders want to know. How much do you think they will take for their paper? And I said, you know what? I come from a little town, 6,000 people, Ranbury, Texas. I flew all the way to New York City. And you know, the first words out of your mouth was, how much do you think these dentists will take for their paper? And you know what I want to know? How much will you pay for it? And bottom line is, they they will lowball you to, because that's the concept of buying paper. You know, they're going to pay you 50 cents on the dollar. They're going to pay you 40 cents on the dollar. No, I want to know what it's worth and what you're going to pay for it because these are my dentists. These are my buddies. These are my friends. And you know, I'm not going to lowball. I want, I want you to get 80 cents on the dollar. I want you to get 90 cents on the dollar if you decided to ever sell that paper. And uh, you know, but everybody's out to get the dentist, you know, try to. Yeah, I know. We're so easily preyed upon. And it's just because look at, look at our profession. We, we build these 20, 25 year re- relationships with people. We build trust. We get to help people that ever have to screw them over. And there's a lot of businesses like those bond traders. They have, in order for them to really win, someone's got to get hurt. And that's just not us. And, and no, that's not, not who us. you. And, and so, you know, every, with everything I do, my biggest thing is, is first of all, is it working? Is it something that's helping people? Uh, and how can I help more? You know, how can we make it better? Right. And, you know, as long as we keep doing that, I, I'm going to be plenty busy. You know, I'm going to be 65 this year and hopefully I live to be 105, but I hope to do that for the next 40 years, you know, and I'm not, I'm, re- I'm not retired. I'm just, I'm just not practicing clinically as much as I used to. So, yeah, I think it's awesome. Well, I mean, listen, your values and who you are as a person just make me honored to have you here um, with us on this podcast yeah. and also for uh, the upcoming event. I just love having you there. Um, it's just it's a, such a breath, breath of fresh air. You know, when you get to work with people who have to share the same values and principles, it's really cool. And I, I think that's good advice for people. If, if you have, if you can have fun and, and work hard with good people around you that share the same values and principles, consider yourself blessed. Um, so that's how we feel about you, Bruce. Hey, Bruce we're excited you. to see you in, in a, a couple oh, of weeks. And- it's just a couple of weeks away, right? Yeah, yeah we're in your backyard. Are you driving to Houston for that? Oh, oh he's taking his private in. jet. Yeah, I'm gonna fly. I'm gonna I'm gonna fly in on my private American jet. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually I got a private uh, seat as well on a 324 passenger Airbus, so I'm excited as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty pumped. I'm pretty pumped. So, boy, I always enjoy going to Houston. So. Yeah, actually, the ICOI meeting is there that same week. So I know, you know, it's funny you say that. Actually, three, uh, a bunch of docs in my in my practice are going to that that uh, as well. So they're going to be popping in and out. So I've, I I found I'm going to run over on Thursday when I land. Yeah, run over and see some buddies, and then I'll be I'll be there Thursday late afternoon. And so nice. I'm looking forward to the whole meeting. I I looked at the lineup, and man, I got a lot to learn. So I'm I'm ready to listen. Awesome. Yeah, we're all going to be learning. Good yeah, stuff, Bruce. Thanks for your time today. Pete, good Thanks, to see man. you, bud. Okay, Craig. All right, boys. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. If you got any value or insight from today's episode, we're going to ask for your help. First, review us on iTunes. It creates awareness, helps others find us, and it literally takes like five seconds. Second, if you want to stay in touch with announcements and updates, text the word Bulletproof to 33777 that's 33777 
We promise not to bombard you with any spam text. And lastly, you can find our book, including the new Audible version that Dr. Craig Spodak spent three days in studio producing, all on Amazon. Thanks, y'all. Have a great day.